Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Oh my gosh, can we say something was amazing? Uh, the ceremony We're was still like, okay, uh, outstanding. I don't think that there's words. I think even amazing, outstanding, you know, superior. All of those words I think are just don't uh, uh, really no. encapsulate what uh, Dr. Price demonstrated yes. uh, in that ceremony for the commissioning of her first inaugural class of apostles. And uh, we are just so excited and proud of each and every one of them. And not proud just because you obviously got commissioned, and that's wonderful because that was the goal, that was the product, that was the outcome. But I'm proud because you guys went through the process. Yes. And it was a process. Yes. Because someone said, as a testimonial, testify, testify. At the event, because anyone who was there, if you were there, comment on this um, for the summit. Mm. It made such a profound impact on all of us watching this moment. The, the regalia, the excellence, the dignity that Dr. Price gave yes. these officers in these positions. Let me say this. The dignity of the ceremony was commensurate to the work that they put into it. Because a lot of people are always on, can I just say, always on Dr. Price's case sometimes about, you know, excess and extreme. In fact, there were people who were told in the program, you don't have to go through all of that. It doesn't take all of that. You, you know, you shouldn't have to do all of this to get this title, et cetera, et cetera. Do I hear, do I see a big, big shadow? I see she, someone, she, she say, I thought I saw a big shadow behind me. Because, you know, I don't want to have to say, but they said all of this. Yes. And I would say that, you know, every part of the process that I watched you go through, hallelujah, your housemates, your housemates, okay? Uh, it wasn't handed to her either just because, you know, she's Dr. Price's assistant. She's been around for all of these years. It wasn't handed to her either. She had to deliver on all the aspects and every step of the process. But what was so amazing to see is that the outcome, yeah. you know what I mean? It, it, it fit the office. It fit the dignity of what you would expect from a first officer. Mm. And so I was really moved by that. And someone said, at the, uh, at the end of watching that, they said, but because Dr. Price has such stringent standards mm-hmm. and her quality of excellence is, you know, that high, you know when she calls you an apostle, you are an apostle. Ooh, you my, made my, my. the cut. That was a, a, one of my clients what said that. Um, I think some of you guys online can chime in about that and, and, and your own feelings on it because many of you were impacted the same way. He said, but what was great, he said, is that after the ceremony, he said the, 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 the rest of the conference didn't decline. Mm. Like it was a high moment. He said right. that the, the, the excellence and the standard was maintained throughout everything that we did. He said, not in just those that were inaugurate. <laughs> the inaugural. Not those, okay, not those that were just inaugurated, but those also who were a part of Dr. Price's team and staff, they saw changes in those that had just relocated. They said, wow, like yeah. they're stronger and, and they're more solid. And, and they saw, you know, the excellence in all of the people who attended to the event. And that made such a significant impact on them that I will tell you, and when Dr. Price talked, I will say it maybe again, <laughs> that we have gotten more requests for enrollment into our credentialing program. Oh, amen. It has come up. 
Great. And so I, after the show, um, at, well, it sounds like it, but it wasn't. <laughs> after the conference, okay. <laughs> it was a production. No, it was. Well, you know, that's what he said. He said, but you can tell this wasn't a show. He said, these people are really safe. He said, well, you're talking to people. <laughs> it is a shame. But he said, when you're talking to people behind the scenes, off in the corner, yes, and, yes. you know, hearing the, the, the conversations that you walk yes. by, he said, man, these people are really safe. But she carries a, okay. And um, I said that's sad to say at a Christian conference you would expect that hey, know, everybody's ma- saved. Majority of the people would be saved. And we exemplify <laughs> that. Right? When we exemplify that for Jesus Christ. So, anywho, bringing us to uh, one of the things that we wanted oh, to do. Oh, wait, I have a story too? Oh, you do? Yeah. It's I was going to tell you about those instruments. You want to wrap yes, up that one? But this is in tandem with what you were saying. Oh, okay. She has a post Yes. It is. <laughs> I was at a dinner with somebody oh, after the commissioning. Good. And uh, this young man we've actually been associated with for several years, right. but was not down with the Dr. Price way. And I think this is important to say. Uh, and, and was quite vocal, really, about their disagreements with the standards and doesn't really take all that kind of thing. And said, after this commissioning and after sitting at the summit, because the summit is different from the Cultural yeah. Prophetic Training Institute, mm-hmm. um, sitting there, he said, I'm all in. I'm all in. I've, I've seen my leader and the sacrifice they made to do this program and to see a ceremony that wasn't just ceremonial and pomp and circumstance, mm-hmm. but commissioning to the next level to do something, I'm all in. And it was remarkable because when you have somebody on your team who is resistant to you and they're close to you in leadership and then God can flip them into where we're going in this direction, that's a powerful statement. Amazing. You don't know, which is why God puts us through the paces, what people actually need to see to be all in. Well, we, think they may, they, we think they want easy street. Right. And we have dumbed everything down to easy street, easy street, easy street, but there are people who want to be challenged. There are people who want to achieve. There are people who want to walk around knowing that my credentials have weight and respect in the kingdom and the world. Well, can you say this? Because you uh, said uh, yes. right. Well, no, I want to I want to just jump tail off of that for just a second because I see it happen with all the mm-hmm. inaugurals, okay, from this class. I think that we're doing you somewhat of a disservice uh, in dumbing down education, yes. okay? I think I, I feel a shadow, a big, huge shadow over Prophet Ashley. Uh, it's, oh, right? I feel- Oh, it's a cheap apostle shadow. Well, welcome to your own show. It's the Paula Price show today. And I just want to welcome the host and Dr. the one Paula and only Dr. Paula Price. And so oh, we're talking face. about you. Yes. Yay. We're talking about you. Can, my I, name. can I do that? Okay. Yes. So we're talking about you. Of you wanted to do this. <laughs> I wanted to talk about you in your absence and just we're bragging on your, you for your standards and your quality and, and how that's producing mm-hmm. fruit. Yeah. You know, i.e. was next to you, but I think those that are online today and now those that are even more eager to be a yes. product of yes. who you are, okay, mm-hmm. and a product of what God mm-hmm. gave you on the inside. So I was just sharing with her how amazing what she just said was because I believe we're doing people a disservice. In fact, someone from another camp actually said that to me, that we're doing people a disservice by not properly training them and then giving them a credential. So you're not properly yeah. trained, but yet you're given a credential that once you have the title, there are all of these heavy expectations on what you should right. be that you've never been trained to become. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're in the position now having to deal with it in fear 
perhaps even overcompensating, okay, for the lack of education with trying to be more anointed, then it produces insecurity, you have doubts, you have fears, you become envious, your affirmations low, you know, all of this because people don't change their expectations of what they think an apostle is just because you didn't get trained to become that. Absolutely. And they're going to look at you yeah. like and compare you to a Dr. Price, even though you haven't had Dr. Price's training. Mm. And you haven't had Indeed. okay, Indeed. and so you're walking around feeling this way. So I don't know if we're always doing people a great service by rushing them through to give them the immediate affirmation and the immediate candy in the cereal box, mm-hmm. and not necessarily taking them through the patient. What she uh, shared from reading uh, the Sam's book, which I'm not gonna okay, I'm not gonna open up AIT secrets. However, <laughs> you have to be in the program for that. But I will say what she demonstrated when she was talking about the Sam's book is that with the training helps you find out who you are, why you're chosen. Right. See, mm-hmm. when you have to go through what they went through, you have to push and press, it brings out things in you you didn't know exist. You didn't know what your limitations, you, in fact, I would say for you, they were kind of redefined. Oh, okay? yeah. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, yeah. you didn't know that, but I can say after going through the prophets program, her going through the uh, apostles program, we know that we know we're prophets, not because right. she said it, right. but because, we found that. We found that it was true in ourselves. Mm-hmm. We found the DNA of our own calling by having to face off with the opposition of the training, by having to press ourselves uh, for the best to come out, by having to stay up late at night, having to do all those things. I found that, oh, snap, like Dr. Price wasn't just prophesying. This is in my makeup. <laughs> and her training program activated it. Yes. yes. It wasn't activated because she did this, and I'm not going to mess with this hair. Y'all look at this hair today. But look at the makeup. I mean, I mean on, she's yes. doing it in the purple. It's all messy. But yes, I, yes. she didn't just wave her hand. What is the truth? <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. So she didn't. My team, my team, my team. But I'll say this, and I'm going to, because I want you to chime in, because yeah. this is the Paul Price show. No, no, I can stay for a minute. But the reality is that laying on of hands isn't what activated it. It was the training that caused me to discover it was there. See, when you lay hands, you got to do that by faith. I had to take it by faith when she laid hands on me and says you're going to be the chief prophet. That was all my own faith. But the training, okay, is a product mm-hmm. that I found exists in my makeup. And that's what you have to find out because you can't be bolder than what you know you are mm-hmm. on the inside. No and, matter how much. Exactly. You and you have to find that. So that's what I would say about the training program. We were talking about how many people now are interested in your credentialing. They should be because it's a powerful program and only the great will be. I spent a lot of years trying to defend myself against Tulsa Crafted Christianity, against casual credentialing, yes. uh, against, you know, superficial activation. Uh, yeah, well, that too. And I spent a lot of years, and I did that, you know, because you cannot be the one called to be the spearhead, the arrowhead, and not be able to face what's in the wind as you go forward. You know, there's a lot of things in the wind when you're called to be an owlhead. You've got the birds, you've got the ego, you've got the elements, you've got the, you know, vultures. You've got a whole lot of peckers and whatnot, mm-hmm. things swooping down, trying to get you. All of that is with the arrow faces as it hits its bullseye, the head for its target. Yeah. And so I had to do that. And every time we did it, we came up with another element of the program. So I want to thank all of y'all for making it hard and all of y'all for making it easy. Because I got a little something from both. And so it works for me. I I think that, no, let me go back. I've sat in meetings where they say, y'all act like the, the apostles or the, the high and whatever. I'm thinking the apostles' office. And I'm saying this to every present apostle, every future apostle. 
every past apostle. The apostle's office is the highest human divine office in all creation. I don't care what your nation is. I don't care what your nationality is, which is why it's so inspiring. Because what happens when you step into the office is not what happens when you exercise your gifts, which is what she found out. We'll talk about that a little later. And then I have, uh, uh, hopefully, I wish I could get my other, a couple of the other ones on, because I want you to know that we've not been occupying the office. And the reason that it's different, you know, and the Holy Spirit gave me this word. Actually, it was the Lord Jesus personally. And he said, what makes what you did for me different, different is that you created officers and you didn't just beget children. Woo! See, it's the fathering thing that, that shut the office. So God is like, this is not, you can't occupy this as an as, as a, a, uh, embryo, fetus, infant, offspring. That's all of those, are, uh, what do you call it, Father? Um, byproducts. Yeah, byproducts of the work. And so, because I kept, I, I was talking to him because people, because even you didn't know what was different. I just told you. Because many of you knew something was different. You could feel the power. We were stunned at the power of God in that room. I mean, yeah. everybody got caught up yeah. in it. And it was as if we did not have the praise, you know, praise God. We didn't have the worship thing. We had all of that. But when it came time for officiation, the Holy Ghost stood up and those angels lined that room. And I mean, God carried this off like, aha, this is what I wanted. The difference between me and the rest was that I never agreed with the fathering statement. I never agreed with the mothering statement. I never agreed with the parental statement because I felt like that, you don't have to do anything to be born to somebody. Just come out the room. But to step into an office. But you believe that office is official. Well, and, and that God moved yeah. through office. Yeah. And when I, all of my research, all of you all listening to oh, me today, oh, what? my research, your what? 33 plus years. Am I soaking? No. Okay. I'm not no. And I, let me tell you something. I have the proof of both. I've got a daughter came out of my natural womb mm-hmm. and out of my spiritual womb. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she will tell you in a minute, I'm sorry, but because I got other daughters, they're not interested. So it has, the distinction has to be the office. Well, and I could say that there was a distinction between me being like her, even and 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 spiritually in um uh what do you call that personality, if you will, um for lack of a better term, a stronger term, and versus being be, uh, being begot as an officer, mm-hmm. begot as a daughter, I picked up natural traits. You know, people tell us all the time, "Oh, don't we look alike?" And mm-hmm. isn't that great? And we do act alike. You know, sometimes more than we would like to. Be but when it came time to step into the office, the office has an existing personality that both she mm-hmm. and I had to conform to. Uh, what I like about you is that you didn't. You're not out here preaching something or dispensing something that you didn't put yourself through the paces of, or that God okay. didn't put you through the paces of. We forget that the first commissioning ceremony was yours. And I put myself through it, like okay. he had to put himself through it. Yes, 2011, mm. the panel, the defense, the regalia, the, all of it, and it was powerful then. Yeah, well, okay, it, it, yeah. Kinda, it, it made an indelible impression, okay? And so you put yourself through it knowing that you had to conform to the personality, the persona, not only just the demands and duties and mm-hmm. requirements, which we already know, to an existing position, mm-hmm. since the position predated us. 
So mm-hmm. that's why I think that what you're saying about the fathering thing is very important because when you're fathering, you're replicating somebody, you know, I'm your daughter. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're wanting me to be a product of your parents. And you're easy on them or either you're too hard. Uh, exactly. But they don't know why either way. Either way. Mm-hmm. And they don't I know think why. that's the truth. You know, and so I never did. I never bought into that because I never that's found it in scripture. I found one, I mean, running on one scripture, you don't have not many fathers. Hold on, back now. Before we get to that, we got Matthew 10, we got Luke 6, we got Luke, um, what is it, Six, was it 6.13? We've got Book of Acts, we've got Paul, um, we got Romans, we got a whole lot before we get down to that pastoral statement. Wow. Because that's a pastoral statement. So, Everything, you, the, the, so therefore, you don't really have structure. What you have is do as I do. Just and so you got this shadowing developmental program. Just shadow me. Mm. Just watch me and do what I do. So that's one thing. But that does not strike what Jesus needs. He needs the intelligence. See, the apostles t- turned out to be twelve of the most intelligent people in the planet before Paul, and in Paul's super intelligence is what settled the kingdom. You know, it's interesting because we, we, we have a lot, of the, um, a lot of the traditional apostleship things um, having, what do you call it, um, following, you know, Roman Catholicism and, and Orthodoxy uh-huh. or Greek Orthodoxy, and, and they're all valid, so we're not here to fight that. Right. Because manga has seven churches, so I'm thinking we're gonna have seven brands of apostleship yeah. minimum. Yeah. And if he had twelve apostles, there's some double ups. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, but <laughs> the whole idea of apostleship did not start like that. It started by the great prophet that Moses prophesied would come, who was more of a shaliak than a prophet, which is apostle in Judaism. And so we are, we're talking about God had to send the very son that he forgot to the planet to call these people out and then train them for three and a half years as God. You know, we often want to talk about, yeah, but they only had three and a half years. Three and a half, three and a half minutes of Jesus Christ, you change. We got a billion songs talking about a touch the hem of his garment. <laughs> <laughs> and he passed on by. The blood just ran down. A drop of sweat opened up my eyes. We got all those. We got songs of that. He just breathed on me, Lord. The handkerchief from Peter who was cast a shadow. Come on. So 40 days and 40 nights of pure Christ. Because you're talking about after he rose, he's back to his pure self. And you, and, you, and you better know class was harder. And, and, and that's when he brought them into the kingdom grid, into the eternal grid of creation. So these people, this whole idea that it's cute to have little kids as apostles and we just, uh, 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 them little vanity titles and them little labels snatching and grabbing, that, that's not apostleship. Apostleship is literally the first point of contact with the throne of creation. The kingship of Jesus Christ is the mandate of apostleship. And that is what we don't hear. You go to all kinds of meetings, evangelical, whatever, they start talking about apostles, don't mention Jesus at all. Right. And so you can't, you can, we, can, we can make you, we can give you a title. Or, let me not, I'm not weird, me and that. I don't agree with that. So you can get a title, but you know what? We, all you do, you come in, you get a title, you have a whole 
a bunch of people stand around, put their hands on your shoulder and whatnot. You walk away and you say, we that was really great. I had a great move in the spirit. How different was that move than any other move? And you walk out and you still don't know what an apostle is. And if you do, no, if you can't say it, you can't demonstrate it. And what I would like her to say, I think is powerful. I don't know, man, Apostle Nona, if you want, let us know. Because I want, I want to hear this. I just heard from these two. And I bet your Apostle Sally will also Wait, be there. Text me. Okay, yeah, text um, Apostle. Ask me to let you know. And so, and so we've had people talk about Kaida. But you know what? When you walk into, uh, when you call your um, company for some service, they don't say, hi, this is your I'm customer service. How can I help you? You have to have something outside of you to legitimize you handling public business. Yes. See, we got rid of titles because, well, first of all, the world got rid of titles because Satan had to get rid of titles so he can break down institutionalism and break down hierarchy. See, and one thing about an apostle, they're always going to see the strategy behind a liberty. So we had strategies, you know, we had this liberation movement, and everybody was so glad that they could cast off this and cast off that, and we had the cast off party and the burn your this party and the burn your that party, and nobody saw today, 30 years later, that that was a strategy, and that strategy might have looked like it was to dismantle institutionalism, but I want to go on record to say as the mouthpiece of the Godhead, that strategy was about dismantling the church of Jesus Christ. They were that strong. They were yes. that powerful. Their, world, their rules worked that well. Their system was that formidable that they had to go in from the inside and alter the consciousness of the Christian yes. to tear down Christianity. Yes. That's a strategy, guys. So when they come at me about that, I'm like, yeah, look at how well y'all liberty works. <laughs> Let's talk about liberty. Right. Let's talk about you being Pete, Pop, Joe, John, and James. And how the people read that, and how that that leveling that you created took away authority, took away influence and dignity. So all of that is what I bring back. You know, I just bring back what all we what worked, what was working before we tore it down. Because you're like, yeah, but some of us didn't get a chance. Some of you all probably didn't deserve a chance, and some of you all, if you didn't want to stay where you were, should have went out like I did, stepped out the boat and made a chance. Because I went up too. Because when your people go up, you go up. So I can't elevate a person and not go up myself. So as we talk about that, everything that we did was like, well, I just don't think we need all of that. Then you don't know Jesus Christ because his angels still do it. His citizens in his world still do it. His secular authorities still do it. Why isn't we don't? Why isn't we don't? Because we're too, we're too interested in proving our liberty experiment didn't fail. Oh, my. Because it liberated us from Jesus Christ. It liberated us from his holiness. It liberated us from his righteousness. It liberated us from his truth. It liberated us from his sentiments. It liberated us from his character. So we are all walking around talking about we free in Jesus while, we have, while we've been dethroned. And nobody, you don't even know it. You've been dethroned. That's why God is going to make a, let me tell you something. He's going to have a good several hundred million of apostles on this branch. And you know why? Because it's the one that worked. Because yeah. you can't take kingdom and stay lax. And that's what they want to do. You want to take kingdom and stay lax. See, that's the wisdom of the Godhead. 
God, if God decides to do laxes, well, up to the first problem we're going to have with God doing laxes is that we can't get a sun to shine. We won't get a moon to glow. Right. Constellations were like, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like Hey, wait, what you feel like I'm resting? <laughs> See, there are too many things in creation to belie this doctrine. You need that sun coming up every day. All of the creation relies on that one little yellow ball. We're scared that it's going to die in 150 million years. No, we're not even going to be around when it dies, based on those scientific projections. But we, we, God can't do that. But without that, we're not going to have reproduction. We're not going to have, and we will slowly come to a screeching halt. Wow, isn't that what the church did, though? Came to a screeching halt. Not producing, not illuminating, not hydrating, not cleansing, not feeding, nourishing. Isn't that what we did? Because we took away the structure of God's order. I've said to you all before, and I'll say it again, this American, this Western church has not been in divine order, which is why we got a problem, which is, and which is what the enemy knows, because apostles are the first and highest level office. That's why they first officer. The oldest office and the most prolific office is the prophet, which is why First Corinthians says first apostles, secondarily prophets, and thirdly teachers. After that miracle, so we're not, I mean, we might see, we might get some sort of clinical splash, but we aren't seeing miracles because we're only defining them as physical healing. Right. We're not defining them as all the other things. What, what happened in our commission was a miracle. Yes, we know it was a miracle. God miraculously blindsided that devil, got him six orderly apostles with credentials that people can track. Anybody who wants to use their services can track them. There is a vitae. Mm-hmm. There is a praxis. There is a portfolio. There are credentials, and we want you to understand, and they were not handed out. When the um, panel first looked at the portfolio, you were in the room when they opened it. Yes. What was the response? Uh, Well, first there was silence. (laughs) (laughs) Because our panel judges are all highly achieved, educated people. Mm -hmm. Traveled, been in many circles, so it wasn't your... Ministry pals. No. Actually, we reached back. I mean, you yeah, I intentionally is very methodical. I mean, months mm-hmm. of pulling together the right people to make that happen. And they said, we, I want to sit down and read this entire thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. A whole binder. We didn't even bring one to, to, to just share. Yeah, the next time. But a whole binded book. We did not, they did not, no, no, you're not going to pre bring this. I love that. And every one of them with their name on it, their seal of their commission. Come on, somebody. The seal of that commission and their name on it. And then inside all the work they did to prove to whomever they are going to that they are not just anointed, that they are authorized, they're educated, and they're authenticated. And that's what I'm bringing, the authentication of the office of apostleship. And frankly, the entire fivefold. And I could say, uh, even in the uh, just the credentialing period, um, going through that process, one thing that I, I, I've noticed that it did even for myself 
is that it optimizes everything that you learn, everything that you know, and everything that you are to the point that it's true. You become the sum or the product of your education. Exactly. This thing works whether we got a good day, a bad day, you're doing high, you're doing low. This office works. It's like when you're in the office, the mantle in the office automatically responds. And I'm sure you can speak to it even now being, having switched, I say switched, but stepped uh, uh, up in offices, uh, promoted is what I'm looking for. And so, but the, if even the two different dimensions of the oh, yeah. strings having spent, you know, time in the prophetic mm -hmm. and then moving up to the outside. But I recognize that about myself. We went through one of the hardest trials, you know, after, mm -hmm. you know, 2012 and was in it for a while. One thing I discovered is that it didn't matter what the state of mind was. Oh, your <laughs> I could be Thank thinking God. and feeling whatever, and the office jumps up. And like does, it does it every does. day when people go to work, no matter what their And that is. was what I was going to Come point on. out, that... You know, if you are an attorney, that is in you. And you're going to think law. You could be on your deathbed. You could be crazy. You could, you're going to think law. It's in your makeup. It's mm -hmm. in your members. Because one thing that people often want to challenge about the, the, the use of titles and even us talking about apostleship today, well, how can we really know that a person is an apostle today? And I would say, wouldn't it be the same way we could recognize a cop? Because mm -hmm. they, their attitude, I watch your own daughter, okay? My sister, my male sister, is a Memphis police officer. And let me tell you something. She did military first, and then she went into the law enforcement after she got out when she needed to. Mm -hmm. Because the, she straightened she all of those things. Oh, yeah. Now, okay, we didn't know. My sister was brazen as a kid. Yeah. Like, she'll fight anybody. She thinks that you're you're wrong or you're doing something mm -hmm. wrong or there's some injustice. Yeah, she, she don't do the injustice. So uh, I think you were with me at the time. Uh, Apostle Ash and I went on vacation. Yes. And we went to go see her, you know, for the first time. And she's been on the fourth at this time, probably about three or four Not years. Long, yeah. yeah, it was a very short amount mm -hmm. of time. And she's picking us up um, from work. Mm -hmm. And we're waiting for her outside. And when this girl switches to put on that uniform. Oh, yes. my. Her That's whole it. brain. Yes. And this is okay. It's the brain went with the uniform. We laugh and we like, ha, 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 ha. And she's like, look at this guy right here. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we're like, I'm going to go to the back seat now. And we're like, who are you? Okay. And, and a bit of you who are on the line <laughs> met her at, at holidays and different things like that and can see that she's all jovial. She's a comedian at uh -huh. heart. Oh, yes. The uniform. Changes it changes all. You. It changes her whole persona, mm -hmm. her whole personality. And we knew the moment that she even decided to go, she started with ROTC. Yeah. And Dr. Price, no, no, baby, that's you. That's you all day because long. Because you're Because she's military. It's the same thing with the apostleship. You don't just ascend to this because it's an aspiration, it's something we do. It was in her DNA from the beginning. I mean, the way you defended Jesus Christ when you weren't saved to a witch who, okay, was trying like, to oh, no. you. Now, I'm not trying, I may not be saved yet, but I tell you what, you're not going to talk about him like that. No, you're not. I'm telling you, and she cussing and I'm cussing. We both Because <laughs> I ain't saved. But I got me a piece of Jesus. Baby, a piece of Jesus. I ain't going to go back to piece of Jesus. Baby, because you know, I, got, I got baptized at 12. Yeah. And, and so, Jesus. Oh. You know, I'm writing a book about it right now, but Jesus always talked to me, yes. always, yes, even did. when I was a kid. And he was, and he was very, I didn't know it was Jesus, I just thought right. it was him. Uh, thing. But you're right. My yes, mom said, showed up then. my mother said, you are a crazy little girl. <laughs> she used to tell me all the time. She said, because you're, she you're venturesome and you're fearless. She said, you're going to take on anything. 
And I'm telling you, she used to tell me that all the time. She said, you're stubborn. I never knew. Because, see, your stubbornness as a kid becomes your steadfastness in Christ. And, see, people don't realize that. So people talk you out of your stubbornness instead of transitioning it to steadfastness. So steadfastness means standing fast on what you know and believe. So my mom would talk about, I was the kid that got on his his nerves, and I don't know. I'm t- and if you should sit, but you'll try anything, you know, and you'll just do anything, or I'll make anything th- turn out the way I did. I used to tear up stuff and fix it. And the reason that I'm saying that is that all of that is, is playing toward your destiny. It's all playing toward it, not just pointing toward it. It's playing toward it. And so you, you get to a point, I, I mean, I was always in stuff, always <laughs> facing over folks and whatever. So who knew that all of those Ruffian attributes. I use the word ruffians. Yes. It just sounds good. (laughs) But who knew that they were my resources for the calling that was on my life? And because, and that's why when I, my members and my sheep, we don't have those issues. Well, you just a so-and-so, not in my church, you are not. You, I'm looking for the destiny that's playing out and the drama of the destiny. That destiny, destiny is dramatizing your future, your calling. And so, I, and they will tell you that's what I did. No, you're going to get off her. No, he's, that's just the way he is. No, we're not going to, no, 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 no. You're not going to mouth those wrong things on him. Those kind of things. Because when you're an apostle, the Bible says we're supposed to tap into the lively stones, those living stones. And we've had all kinds of preachings about that, but it was the apostles and the high ministers that did it. Now, what is a living stone? When you look at the stones today, aside from adornment, what else do they use stones to do? What do they use gemstones to do? Because you need to study that before you think you know. So my job was to look at these people and see their attributes. I mean, you could see the one that come, and I mean, you could tell all of the spirits of rejection all over them and everything, and you know what? You got to push back all of that and say, oh, sweetheart, this is why you're on the planet. Nobody in my church gets to live, last, stay there a long time talking about I don't know who I am. And if they do after I've trained them, oh, no, I'm going to cut up. I'm going to act terrible. They know that. But, they know that. I'll tell them, how long you been with me? How long you been? Uh, I'm harvesting. So she gold digging. Oh, yeah. I'm always gold digging. And I'm gold, and you know why? Because I'm soul digging. I'm digging your soul to find the gold. And I'm always going to do that. That is my call. That is my destiny. And I have an amazing acuity for it. Yes. So you could be doing all, well, I'm really successful in this. I'm yes. like, but you, we were just in the restaurant. Oh, she just, I mean, she digs everybody. So then you don't go to church, no go to church. You call it the universal mother and die. You did it. A young man comes up, he's a server. And, and all he did was put, put down. All he did was put down a thing. She said, uh, so are you in school? You know, and he, he gives his whole life situation about why he wasn't and why he didn't finish it. And she, of course, does what she does, proceed to elevate, uh, illuminate rather, elevate him too, but yeah. illuminate his destiny. Okay, I told him. I said, son, I understand because he was one of the, you could tell that he was one of those, the church forced the marriage on him, so he got married and got kids, and then he wasn't able to finish the destiny course. So you think dropping out is, is something that you're doing for the good of your family. No, you're also shipwrecking your destiny course. And I said to him, I said, the problem with you not going to school is that you will not meet the people that God ordained to get you in the purpose because you get more than an education in school. That's right. right. You get contacts, avenues, opportunities. Okay, and so I said, you need to go to school because you're running up on a time where you need to connect with the person that God has ordained to help you get into your destiny, your purpose. He said, you're right. I was just thinking about that on my break. About getting back into school. He said, on my break, just now. Yes. He was on break. 
So she, she called him in. I did. Life changed. Yeah, and, and and they all then they all fell in love with us, right? So then, so the, then all the servers no. come by because they well, uh, uh, well, what we said, well, our actual because he he kind of was like uh, uh, just came to drop off a few of the uh, our food, um, and uh, our actual server she ended up changing her life. And this girl, her story was pretty sad. Oh, I said uh, she said she was from uh, Mexico. She's working pretty pretty young girl. I said you're in school. I'm in school for missions. I said you ought not to be. She said, huh? I said, you need, because she said that she had dropped out of nursing school. Well, she said, uh, I want to go back to, uh, uh, she, she said, you, uh, in school, she said, well, I actually want to go to do missions. She said, you really shouldn't because you're called to do uh, something greater in other countries other than just do missionary work and feed people and all of that. And she said, I see that you, well, you should go in there and set up things. Mm-hmm. And that's what she said. Well, I actually went to school for nursing. That was the original mm-hmm. plan, to go to school for nursing and then do kind of like the doctors without borders kind of thing. Oh, yeah. You know. And, and so, so I told her, I said, if you can go to the top, at least get to the training point, ideally PA, I said, you can take something to the nations. I said, the nations have been having us drop off food and shoes and clothes long enough. They need us to drop off a little bit more. They need us to be able to help people. They're not saying I was so serious because they are tired of us. I said, they are, they can help them. We've done so well. They can get their own food and whatnot, but we need to drop off solutions. I said, and you have solutions. I said, and I'm going to tell you something. The women in your family line, Oh, come on. I watched them all, from the grandmother to the mother to the sister. I even talked about the sister. Mm-hmm. And I said, but the women in your family line have been halted. They've been hindered from doing what they're called to do, but they're all called to politics. I said, and I'm telling you, God is going to use you in politics, but you got to come the route that he says. Because some of you all, y'all sat up there with those pastors who said, it doesn't make a difference how you do it. It doesn't make a difference who you go to. God is God. If God is God, then guess what? God would have chosen and prepared the vessels. Because God prepared the fish for Jonah. He said the Lord had prepared fish. That was Jesus this morning. But, no. Am I? <laughs> of all scriptures. Of all scriptures. <laughs> he prepared it. Jesus said, a, a, a widow has prepared a room for me to have my stone. So uh, this one has prepared a donkey. God prepares specific vessels because he knows the vessels that have them 100% and what are contaminated. So you can go out there and choose what you want, but you can't read the, the context or the condition of the vessel you choose, which is why we're here today. Amen. See, God prepared that. And so I know the life I live. I'm telling you, God knows the life I live, so he knows what I'm passing on. You know the life I live by these two. And the people who come, like they say, they come into our environment. No, 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 we're not. No, I don't bow to culture. I don't care. And I don't bow to culture. I'm not, because culture is another God, and it's idolatry. I'm not bowing to idolatry, because he said, thou shalt know the God before me, and I don't think he should. I think Jesus ought to be the God of gods, because he made them. The only reason you have other gods is because he made them. And so that's why we have other gods. You know, yeah. God's got to make his own competition. Because so, <laughs> ain't nobody who else is going to do it. And so... I don't do that. I want you to be the best of the best because I want Jesus to have the best of the best. I don't apologize. They fuss about the classes. Our class started with how many students? This class I commissioned? Oh, I'm sure. Well, at least the last couple years we had, I know, six or seven that dropped off. Six or seven that dropped off. And you know what they said? They they, they quoted culture. You don't need all of that. God doesn't. They quoted culture. Culture. Quoted culture. God, you don't need all of that. You, God can teach me himself. You don't need no man to teach and all of that. 
And you know what? God got excited over the sixth day. And we inducted, because we don't leave a power void, part of the ceremony, those of you who were there, realized we inducted the, the, their replacement before we elevated them. So they had to put on their emblems on our incoming class, which is about six, right? Okay, so it takes me two years to get 12. That's all right. Okay. But God is God. And, I, and the reason that I say that is because I need you to understand that you are not the shot caller of creation. And, and, the, and, and people have taught you the authority of the believer. They taught you all of your liberty. They taught you how to declare. They taught you how to decree and all of those things. But you don't call the shots on God's prepared vessel. Now, you were going to share a little something with yes. me about the day after your commission yeah. when you went from Prophet Ashley to Apostle Ashley. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and I would really say after the summit and I got some sleep, it yeah. really kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you didn't sleep. No, 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 no. no. It was fresh. No, Papa Apostle Savage. Did, did anybody catch you about no. being on yet? Okay, not yet. It was, you really can't, hold on, sorry, my answer was correct here. Mm-hmm. You can't fake being an officer. And you have always taught us that training is to identify two things, who should or should not be in the office. That's true. And a lot of times you think the program is failing because people aren't graduating. Yeah. But a lot of times, especially on this level, it's proving they should never be there. Especially when you do have a structured, <laughs> no, I said you almost needed to on that one. <laughs> Especially when you do have a structured academic <laughs> training program that is not subjected to your feelings and your emotions, so people mm-hmm. aren't getting caught up in your, t- in your tantrums or anything like that. But with the, the difference between, and I found it interesting really to watch, too, those who are already operating as apostles mm-hmm. being commissioned mm-hmm. and how things were completely different for them. I knew they would be different for me because I had never been there. Mm-hmm. And the it's it is true. All of heaven is waiting for it to become official. That's right. And when it's official, it is like you're elevated, you get promoted on your job, you have the ceremony, the next day when you go into work, you have a different key card. Mm-hmm. Your office floor has changed. Yes. Your staff has changed. Mm-hmm. Your access has changed. All of a sudden you find out there's all this stuff on there. Mm-hmm. That's true. Now you get she deal with heavier warfare, and what's so sad about apostles and prophets not being trained for the office, just being put in a position, is when that warfare hits them, it takes them out. Yes, sir. Because the training, like she was talking about, is to equip you to deal with that, but to rule over it. Mm-hmm. Not saying you're not going to have it. And which is why, to me, I thought, well, no wonder all these people in these offices always talk about this warfare, 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 warfare. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no, 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 no. Because the institution, first of all, we have a college of apostles. Yeah. I like yeah. it. I love it. The mere college of so apostles. Apostle Holt can text when he's back in Portland, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 boom. The apostles are on it. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, it's not Lone Ranger in your territory or region. Our program, which does something with the prophets and the apostles that kingdom-wide is told can't be done, even though that is not how Jesus did it, but it makes you work together. Yeah. I, I can tell and having the collaborative, mm-hmm. the commissioning was with the prophets and the apostles. Mm-hmm. 
which I love. And then Ducky. And, well, yes. Well, right. Uh huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. all three. But you know, because everybody tells you, Papa and Papa can't work together. Oh no, no. And so, and making that official statement that these mm-hmm. two offices go hand in hand. And uh, and so after that training, it's like the rest of my brain lit up. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. It's I'm I feel like I'm all the way awake. I know that's right. And then my shoulders have gotten bigger. And that things that wore me out, I'm like, okay, I can do this, 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 boom, 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 boom. Quickly. And accurately. Mm-hmm. That lightning flash, that's why, because that thing has to be opened in your brain. Yes. So you may have it in your uh, your anointing, you may have it in your unction, but there is, because education facilitates brain power and intelligence, and she's right. That thing opens up. I mean, I know you felt that. Yeah, I did too, but I was thinking, do you think that, and this is a question, um, but do you think that there's a correlation, and this is the only example I can give, of it because I, I find that that happens with me. I went, you, I, mm-hmm. I tell every prophet you're going to go through about three different awakenings. Your awakening that summons you to service, the awakening in which you discover this mantle, mm-hmm. okay, what it performs like and what it does, and that's a whole education process. And then of course the awakening to the office itself because that puts you in a whole different dimension, mentality, mindset. A lot of things have got to be shaved off and, mm-hmm. and shed to get into the office because yep. the office is probably the most impersonal thing you could ever do. You know, administer. You know, it gets very impersonal. I always tell people that if you're looking for, you know, something to make you feel warm and fuzzy, then office work is, is not necessarily for you because it's so impersonal. But do you think that, uh, based on what she said about the opening of the brain and, and how she's thinking differently because now not only being in a, a new office, but the office itself, opening up something in her, is there a correlation like that interaction between your office and the mantle and, and the vessel like there is between the soul and the spirit and the body. And here's why I ask that, because your office speaks to you, mm-hmm. your mantle speaks to you, mm-hmm. and then you have you in here as mm-hmm. a vessel that's the conduit for all of this. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's a pretty good analogy, something that we would probably have fun exploring. Maybe exploring. But what I will say is that education consists of words, of sight, and sound. That's what education consists of, sight and sound, initially. We add to that sight, sound, and action. So that's, that's just fundamental. We're not talking deep right now. So education consists of sight, sound, and action, okay? So the sight comes from your spirit because vision's spirit. Visions come like that, you know? Mm-hmm. In other words, they're immaterial. They need to be embodied. Right. The sound comes from the soul because that's where your heart is. Okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about it. Your heart beats like that. And so, and then the action comes from the execution of the two. So let's get to the soul place where that organic brain, well, we have, you know, of course, the, the three brains. I'm trying to sidestep this and those things be able to. So we have the spirit of your mind, and then we have your um, carnal mind and your organic brain. Education if it's really good, it's going to educate all three of those. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing you need to know. But it's going to do it by implanting seeds, engrafting seeds. I need you to catch that because that's really important. If you don't do something to, to energize those seeds, that's what all the electricity happens in your brain and blah, blah, blah. If you don't do something to energize them, it's kind of like reading a book for recreational purposes or reading an article for informational purposes. Mm-hmm. I need you to think differently. So the office of the prophet 
I mean, the office, all, every office that God has began with angels. That is what those seven angels brought to earth. Why? Because in Psalm 68:18 it says, you have given gifts, you ascended on high, you gave gifts to people, and even to the wicked that you might dwell there. That's a powerful statement. We see that statement coming alive in Ephesians 4, where he said, you've led captivity captive. You know, you've sent it on high, led captivity captive. So we have seen that. We we, we see that happening. Mm -hmm. So these offices that we think are are being inaugurated under the New Testament only Mm -hmm. are not. In my book, The Fivefold, I talk about them being going all the way back to that and divine order. You can get either one of those books and understand where all of this is coming from. So when I researched it, the, the, the battle to take out the church was so severe that it colored its language, it covered its foundations, it covered its truth, it lacquered them with all kinds of humanist and carnal things so that people will start thinking from their flesh and thinking from themselves as opposed of perpetuating what has kept the planet and what has kept God's kingdom all these years. See, the idea of perpetuating what Jesus began is lost to this generation. Wow, that's true. You're not perpetuators. You're devastators. You're joining the devastation. You don't know why we have an apostle. You don't know why we have the fivefold. You can't explain that to anybody, but yet you aspire to it. And so you get in, and you feel like it's like kindergarten or elementary school. I just get in and do what I know, do what I feel. You know, and it's kind of like those, those, those crazy artists that say, let's just throw a bunch of paint on the wall and just smear it all over, and whatever you say it is, is what it is. Oh, my. See, but we've treated ministry like that. So now getting back to the office, there is a continuum, a perpetuation, not because it's founded by humans. You know, when I heard people, I've heard pastors preach, well, you know, the seven angels are not, they didn't really mean angels, they meant um, pastors. Are you kidding me? You've got to be kidding me. You mean to tell me a world that was under divinity, that was totally under deity, would not know the difference between an angel and a human pastor? No. See, but that's their way of validating that intrusion, that invasion. So here we go. These seven angels brought to the planet, anybody hearing what I'm saying? I got another prophet coming in who's going to help us in this conversation. But these seven angels brought to the planet. We love it. Yeah, we'll just move on down. How's that? Okay, you know, this is, this is real live, so we'll move this when she comes back. And then we'll move on down because we need to get your, yeah, yeah, we want you right on there. Move the table. Yeah, like I said, you, you can, can do that. Up front and I'll move my notebook so that you can have a place to write. So, but anyway, you know, we're not videoing this for, for television, so I'm in. But, so, they, we have these people aspiring to a hearsay office under an umbrella of individuality, independence, and personal liberty, as well as personify definition. So we have everything self, 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 self. Is that what we said? So when you're talking about office, these angels did not bring what we're doing to the planet. These angels brought what God is doing and has been doing to the planet. Yes. You know, 
And so, and the Bible said, you don't take it upon yourself. Hebrews said, you don't take the, the service of God upon yourself. You must be appointed. Yeah. So, but because we have broken away from Scripture, we think, well, I just feel called to preach. You know, and maybe because we had spiritually enlightened people in the 19th century, 18th century, who did not want to give God credit for the call, I just go call and preach. Because in the Bible, the Bible says, God called me. God sent me. The Holy Spirit summoned me. It, there was never any question of where the authority came from, where the appointment came from. Never. Today is up jump a kid, up jump a, a, a person who can't read, up jump somebody who just wants to quit their job, up jumps a retiree. And nobody knows what they're doing because they want to do it their way. And you cannot have it that way. It can't work. So I always remember, first of all, I, I totally disagree with the idea that the, uh, the, the Holy Spirit didn't know the difference between an angel and a human. Do you think that's our struggle with divine accountability? Because it's almost like if, if the angels, if we don't believe that there are angels uh, uh, legislating and regulating the church, and that kind of gives us the flexibility to just put people in and out and do it by our own utterance. And, well, you know, nobody really knows. But you hear that a lot. You know, even when they're talking about as an argument, as a, a rebuttal or titles, it's kind of like, well, come on, do we really know? I mean, I know people say God say, but how, nobody knows. Well, but, 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 but here's my answer. Just right. because you don't know God's voice doesn't mean the people you're refuting don't know. See, we keep giving credence to error. We keep giving credence to rebellion. We give credence to error. And uh, what did you say? Heresy. So you got somebody who really wished God would call him and he didn't. Challenging his call on your life. But you can track your life. That's what I did. That's why I have a 100% Bible-based education system. Because if you can't track the origin. You know, we, we can sit all day long and talk about, wow, isn't it wonderful about gravity? Boy, all we know. But when you get in gravity, as a little kid, gravity class, and little kids, what they talk about? Newton. That's it. They're still trying to, trying to refute that because the, one, the Johnny come lately weren't there with Newton, so they decided they're going to challenge you. Well, Newton wasn't with you, and he got the answer. So you have to think about, I'm just, I'm not going to let that ball fly any longer. And I think all of us who are true messengers, true ministers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to stop letting the people who didn't get God's glory, who didn't get his voice, who didn't get his call, define the call. We have to stop that. And that's what, I mean, I appreciate it. She was talking about how different it was for her. I never told anybody. So after I'm at the end of the um, the, uh, commissioning, and we're at the end of the summit, I'm in my bedroom, and I'm half asleep because we're trying to get some sleep. You want to move? Yeah, you want me to move too? You can't be seen? Oh, we can't have nothing.
about, you know, fathering and activating, who have paid the price for the, um, for the uh, mantle, et cetera. So I put me up. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, huh, wow, I'm getting new power. It felt like I was watching an Avengers show. I was yeah. like, and so God said, I want my people to know, I do want to give you power. He said, but I don't want you to toy with it so that it would destroy you. Because toying with God's power will destroy you. And so that's why he doesn't give it. And he just let me know, okay, we're doing it. And I mean, from that day to this, you all saw me Sunday when I was praying for people. I was like, the power was so much, I had to get stronger. I said, oh, man, I got to get stronger. This thing is pushing me. Boom. (laughs) It was. It was like, boom. And why? Because the enemy has classes in these. They have classes in their powers, exercising their gifts, exploring their gifts, exploring their talents. They have classes. The church be like, well, I don't know whatever the Holy Ghost does. The Holy Ghost is not crazy. He's not erratic. He's very specific and deliberate because he does. He tells you, here a little, there a little. Line upon line, precepts upon precepts upon precepts. So he tells you, he measures it out. He said, God does not give the spirit by measure to Jesus. Well, who is representing Jesus? Us. You're so busy letting the devil talk you into limitations that you are not moving into the limitless realm of God. I don't. I'm like, say, you're not talking to me out of my place. I'm going to tell you right now, I am your problem. That's it. Because that's what cops are. Cops live to be criminals' problems. Military live to be enemy problems. That is our job. We're supposed to be. You all upset, whether he's going to be upset. He needs to be upset. He's been upset since he got kicked out of his planet. So you know he is not going to be a happy camper. Our job is to be powerful. When I open up my mentorship sessions, which I'm planning to do sometime between uh, January and February, we're going to talk about moving in the power. Because we've been talking about moving in the power. We ain't moving the power. (laughs) You said that in your uh, (laughs) spiritual intervention uh, webinar. Don't I? That we're not. I show it in my church. I show it on the phone because it's this power. Yes, I do. Well, yeah, we got, I got over 500 calls talking about the power I'm moving. So let me tell you. So, and I, why? Because I expect it because it's a resource. Because it's a tool. It's a weapon. It's an implement. You don't just get a treasury. You get an arsenal. You know, and so I expect that. And he, 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 that's what he needed out to the apostles. While he was in the flesh, he gave them the totality of their human elevation. When he came back as the son of God resurrected, he brought heaven's power to earth for them. And they say it. The first one, Pentecost. About, now let's talk about the very first one, Matthew 10. Go out and pray and do whatever, you know, Matthew 10, Luke 10. Isn't it Luke 10? Yeah. Okay. Matthew 10, Luke 10. So that's, that, that, that's the first one. Second one. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Third one. Pentecost. Fourth one. After they got their behinds worked yeah. by, the, by the institution, Peter said, ho, ho, they didn't beat us for nothing. We must have something they don't know about. Okay. And he began, he said, after they did that, they prayed. And he said, I pray that you would confirm us with signs and wonders every time we preach in the name of your holy child, Jesus. And the Bible said the place was shaken. God said, oh, they got it. And pushing in the name. So what is it that we don't use? The name. 
Well, I don't want people to be upset. They're already upset. People are crazy. I mean, that's the way it is today. People are just crazy. Social media is up, they're crazy. Entertainment, yes. arts, everything. Folk are crazy, and now crazy has been defined as same. Yes. So we have to go, in order for us to separate, we have to say Christ or crazy. They're going to be upset. That's what happens when devils find they have met their match or have been exceeded by. So when they start cutting up, it's not, a, don't, don't think, it's not about you because if you mess up with God, he's going to take that glory and then you're going to have the power to do nothing but rock in the chair. Because we know a lot of powerful ministers who are no longer powerful. Why? God withdrew his glory. He withdrew his forces. How did he withdraw them? First of all, he told those angels, don't back them. I'm like Jesus Christ. I'm going to go there, right? I've got to hit something. All right. right. Jesus said to me, the next time they tell you that I don't do it, he said, remember that I said, he who denies me before men, I will deny before my father and the holy angels. God will tell his angels, let you roll with your new God. And he will, and they don't, they don't care about your fasting. They don't care about your praying. They don't care about you turning your face to the wall. The only reason he gave Hezekiah 15 more years is because he did not want a change of leadership at that time. He was getting his replacement ready. But understand, God wasn't tickled pink about Hezekiah because of their selfish God. Because what did he say? He said, the prophet told them all of the terrible things that are going to happen. He said, well, at least there'll be peace in my days. Selfish. My days. So my son is going to have a hell on earth. Yes. But that's all right. They're going to be peace in my days. And so he got his, and everybody preached about the 15 more, more years. You don't preach about why God thought that he should have been taken off the planet. Yeah, well. God wanted to show that his mercy and that repentance is the one thing that will move him above all else. If you, when you have, he said, a, contrast, a contrite spirit, if you repent and you are contrite, God's going to, he's going to do it unless, now this is when he won't. When you spoil people, mm. when his people become his adversaries, he's gonna—he's not gonna—he's gonna take your repentance and bring you home, because he has—you cost him too much. See, a lot of you all don't understand. I'm gonna do a season, a series one day on how Jesus thinks. We always say the mind of Christ. Let's talk about how he thinks. How he thinks about ministers, how he thinks about a doctor and what his issues are. If you're one of those people that you cost God a lot of children, a lot of sons and daughters, he's going to accept your repentance and he's going to take you off the planet for two reasons. One, because he doesn't want Satan to bring you back. And two, because you don't fit his solutions. You, you are the reason he has to have solutions. I hope that makes sense to you all. Because we keep thinking, well, I prayed for my pastor. Yeah, but your pastor made God bleed out souls. And God will always react with ire when you make him bleed out souls. And he's bleeding out Christians and he's bleeding out souls left and right. So I don't care how much you love the good old days. Trust me, they're going to be on a moratorium for a very long time. Because God's got to win his people. Because he promised Jesus Christ, the heathen, the unsaved, as his inheritance. Somebody go. God cannot break his promise to Jesus. He won't break his promise to anybody, but he definitely prioritizes his promises to Jesus Christ. 
So you all can walk around there and say, but I just, you know, I didn't know why the Lord didn't heal my pastor, my apostle. You weren't with your apostle when they were sitting in those meetings trading out Jesus Christ. You weren't with your apostle when they started serving other gods. You weren't with your apostle when they went to those, those devil dinners. You were not with your apostle. You were not with your pastor. You act like what you see on Sunday is a totality of their weekly activity. Because you don't judge God righteous. See, we have, the, the whole traditional thing has, has vilified the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'm sorry, a, a, a good God, because you watch it on those stupid television things, little hallmark things, little, little Jesus made me mad, God made me mad, and God's a good God. I mean, you got all of these actors sitting there talking about, well, yeah, and, they, and they're training you. They're training you to mistrust the Almighty, and they're training you to trust your calamity as being undeserved. Oh, wow. But the Bible tells me that God said, you will see that I do nothing without a cause that I have done. A curse causeless will not alight. And I've had people say, well, I just thought, that's not it. No, tell your preacher not to bring you a sliver, but to bring you a chapter. Ooh, my God. Because you're running on slivers. My God. So you're running on angel hair pasta. <laughs> <laughs> And that little 20-minute sermon, because you're only going to listen for 20 minutes, that little 20-minute sermon, you think that's the answer to all the cosmos, all of the universe, the answer to all that's God? It is not. You know a sliver. You don't know who they're meeting at the church. Matter of fact, some of you all have run up on them and said, oh, Pastor, I didn't know you came here too. Well, why didn't you know if you had the sum of all knowledge? So you're watching all of these stupid programs talking about, talking about, I'm just, I'm just, I mean, my mother shouldn't have died. You don't know what your mother did. You don't know whether she was in a, frater- a fraternity. You don't know if she's one of them housewives of, of so-and-so, well, uh, make a little extra change. You don't know. But you should know that your God is righteous. Oh, wow. And you should know that far be it from the Almighty to do wickedness. Ooh. You should know that God is the only righteousness in the whole of creation. And so you may not understand. You you can understand it in t- uh, today in charismatic terms. David's uh, firstborn from Delilah. They would have said that's a devil because he repented. No, no, Bathsheba. I keep getting them two women here because you know they both go holy. But anyway, <laughs> you know they both took out strongly. You know, you can't, you can't ignore that. Qualify your wrong. You're wrong. Yeah, you only get wrong like this. On regular TV, I'm really nice. On regular TV, I don't say stuff like this because I, I save it for this. Two hours of me. Me and the whole big three. So David and Bathsheba. David and Bathsheba. But you know, the charismatic answer to David would have been, God didn't take him. The devil took him. Now, David didn't say that. David knew he ticked God off. He knew he violated their covenant. He knew that he killed an innocent man. He knew he slept with another man's wife. He knew that he got her pregnant with his royal seed. His royal seed could not be in a line of kings. David understood that. Hit. 
Not you all. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. She did the show on it. I got the slow motion. You understand that God is always protecting his prophecies, his words, his genealogies, his need, all of that. So he did not need that that kid's perverse conception flourishing and reproducing in the line of kings. Because that line contained Jesus Christ. Come on. I think you think about Solomon's end. I was having a conversation, he might actually be watching, um, with a, a, a warrior about Solomon and saying that, you know, we just have to, you know, in love and, and grace and all this because, you know, God forgives, he forgave Solomon. And, you know, I was confused. <laughs> I said, I never <laughs> saw the passage anywhere in which he would do it. And so he gave a word um, in terms of, uh, uh, he gave a scripture, and the scripture where God is prophesying to David about how he would always have a seat on the throne. I said, but neglecting David's words to Solomon, uh, when he put him up, and he said, look, if you cross, this is my paraphrase version, mm-hmm. you cross God, he will reject you. Yes, he will. Yes. And you will not be king. And recognizing that when he's looking down the line, the, the royal seed that uh, 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 God was prophesying to David at that moment was Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And that was not Solomon at all. And that Solomon ended in his, his reign in dejection. And, uh, and ended up and rejection. And rejection, both. He was rejected by God, and then he was dejected because his, he, he could not keep anybody on the throne. Mm-hmm. And when God said, I'm going to take it from you. And he did. He gave and it to Jeroboam. Exactly. Proving the point of why you say God was hot with David mm-hmm. about the seed, although yeah. he used Solomon because Solomon was the best out of all of these. We got Adonijah, we got Axelon. Oh, yeah. So it's like, okay, so uh, if I had to choose between three I guess I'll deal with the son of the adultery mm-hmm. because he's going to be whatever. But it's showing that Bathsheba's nature, that in- contamination of the seed, never left. And, da- and of course, David's, you know. Okay, that never left the seat, and it ended up costing them the throne, mm-hmm. and yeah. we ended up with Jeroboam, and, and having to wait how long before we ended up getting a, a long, maybe a hundred, you know, centuries before a, a, another Judah mm-hmm. was on the throne, but I, I, I just think that that's a very interesting thing, that because we don't think about that fallout, mm-hmm. why God would be so hot. And, and you're talking about he gave the second son, because we know that we always know for, uh, the pattern in Scripture that the first one tends to go to the devil. Um, anyhow, uh, so that first seed so, falling, yeah, the one that died, yep, the one and that died. now we end up getting a, a softer version in Solomon, and still, mm-hmm. because of the adultery and the way that, you know, came together, and that not being the appointed thing for the throne, we still end up with Jeroboam, Rehoboam, uh, the whole deterioration of Israel mm-hmm. for many centuries. And, you know, the interesting thing is, and then I want to hear from you, but the interesting thing that we, we miss, because you don't, you're not educated, you're not on culture. Right. So you realize that, let's take Ahab and Jezebel. Because foreign nations always try to marry their own sons and daughters to he who sits on the throne. So God didn't want that kid that was born from adultery and murder to reproduce at all. Because he did not want that perversion in the line. Yeah. Oh. So let's go back now to Solomon. Solomon spread his, his royal seed to thousands of women who could lay claim to his royalty, his monarchy. 
thousands. He was very indiscriminate about the, the, the trust that was given to him, the procreative trust, the reproductive material that God had. Okay? That is why God had to break his right to the throne and interject someone else so that the royal, the royal line that God was going after ended at David. Oh, my. Because, see, you're not God, so to you, you don't care about sperm. You don't care where sperm goes, where eggs end up. You don't care about any of that because you're not God because you're not creating people. You're not creating people who will create kingdoms. You're not creating people who will create family lines, genealogies, and generations. So you don't really care. That's why you don't care where you put your sperm. That's why you don't care who takes your eggs because you don't have a God mind. You can talk about we kings and priests unto God, but kings always cared about where their reproductive material showed up. Always. Ooh, that is so powerful. Elected officials don't because they only have a short term anyhow. Nobody cares. And it's election. It's not genealogy. Ah. You see, Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, has to care about where his genetic material ends up. Mm-hmm. In the Christians. That's why Paul, they all said at least marry somebody with a little something from Jesus. A little light, a little thicker. Okay? No, you're going to go and marry. It doesn't make a difference if I marry somebody in Islam. It does to Jesus Christ and it does to Allah. Sure enough. <laughs> you sure enough. So it may not, it may not matter to you because you're in love. <laughs> but it matters to them. And sometimes if it's too important to God, he won't let you have a kid. Because he doesn't want that in that tree. Where well, did we just go? Where did we just go? Right. Apostleship education. Because you are, and we quick to go, apostles, we, I've had apostles want to put y'all, mix y'all up with all oh, kinds of yeah. things. And I'm like, no, they have an ordained sperm that they're going to reproduce with, and none of them are it. We appreciate you. I do. I'm, I, I'm, I don't know. I want to have my kids when I'm young. Yeah, look at all the women that had kids when we were young. Now, okay, so I'm saying to you, as we move, as we begin to understand the mind of a king, we keep saying, because all we know about the mind of a king is that they have some wars, they get some money, they have a kingdom, and they tell people what to do. No, a king has always, always, and you can tell a true ruler, they are always looking at the, not just the, the technology of the future, they're looking at the genealogy of the future. Did you want to kick in? You know, we have been, you know, you've been sitting and making those. I've been enjoying this. And she just rolled over to a hot topic. She's like, hey, we're up in the Always. No, I, I think you talked earlier about this being a, a continuum and a perpetuation. And, and you said that along with, with saying that just because God's not speaking to you that way doesn't mean he's not speaking to everyone else. And I think that that is, you know, the apostles coming on the scene who have actually taken the time. Mm-hmm. Several weeks ago, you talked about the fact that pastors are failing now in this generation because they're not taking the time mm-hmm. to actually hear. And I think that that puts us into this place of assumption that, well, if I'm not taking that time, no one that's emerging is oh, taking yeah. that time. And it's not until somebody who's actually been in that realm can come and go to the toe with you you know, obviously you realize where you're falling short. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is going to be that, that definition of apostleship that's coming out in this era is those that took the time and those that didn't. Absolutely. You know, and the reality of the fruit of both. Mm-hmm. You know, because assumptions are dangerous. They are. Know? 
you're stepping down on a platform assuming that, that people gave the same half effort that you did. You know, and it's not until they bring all the well, wellness, you know what I mean, because they took the time to finish developing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I think that that is huge, and it's going to be such a, a marker, especially from those that will come from this program and mm-hmm. even from what you're doing now with, with the way that you're building up apostles. You know, you it, it's all great until the, the genuine article shows up. Like, yeah, well, um, you know, it's like Proverbs. Um, the first man tells lies right. until the second person yeah. tells their facts. Yes. So you have got to recognize that. And also, assumptions make you the standard. Oh. And we you all become, pause to write. You, <laughs> excuse us. You should be writing, too. <laughs> assumptions. Because assumptions are based on a, a self-made standard, which is why people are always surprised when you find out that the standard you, uh, you literally indulge for yourself can't, has been exceeded by the people that you were free, followed you. You know, I always like that, that element of the Cosby. That's, that, that's something of Cosby's where every day the two girls, the, the cousin, I can't even remember her name, came home and they, they, they would go to the one, one's house and they would play music, they dance and everything for like an hour or so. And then they said, okay, well, I have to get ready for dinner. The other one says I have to leave. And so she said, the other one said, the, but the other one said, yeah, but I have to do my homework. She said, you do homework after this? She said, well, yeah, how do you think I'm going to be See, that's the challenge. Somebody's doing homework after the party. Yes, yes. So you think that just because people are doing the party and they're just dancing with you and having a great time with you, you feel like they are are literally at least mirroring your standards. And then you find out. Oh, because she was like, well, I was, she said, well, I was only getting D's. Yeah, you're right, because you were dancing. And that is all. And that is all. And so but even with, with uh, the people who came into the program, they were like, oh, this is real homework. Like, yeah, pages of it. And you know why? Because you're, you know, my. <laughs> And, and, and I have tons of them. I mean, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 manuals that we're now putting and into. Them all. <laughs> and we're putting into classes to train these apostles because you'll never speak better than you think. And you'll never think better than you write. Yes. And That's writing true. forms thinking powers. The powers of consecration, concentration, concentration, but concentration. You must focus. Your thoughts. Otherwise, if you just run on heart to mouth, heart to mouth, you sound very irrational. You sound very erratic. You have a lot of broken thoughts. You don't wrap up anything. And that's what writing does. That's why God never gives up on writing. Because writing literally forms and fortifies intelligence. So all the 30-plus years... I've had people say, you know, that that doesn't make sense, blah, blah, blah. I don't really care because, you know, me and Jesus, we are up close and personal. And so uh, there's not a whole lot you can tell me that he and I haven't visited on some level. But he told me, your institution must produce thinkers. And thinkers, writers are thinkers, visionaries. They're, they're explainers, expounders. Why? Good writers t- will take you from the beginning of their thought to the end of their thought, the reason they thought they thought it, and what you can do with it. Jesus. 
And if you can't do anything with a lot, which is what we've had, a lot of devotional writings, okay, people just recording their experiences in prayer closet, but that doesn't position you to defend the faith, to, to expand people's knowledge of Scripture. It doesn't position you to push back on the darkness when they start telling you different things. That's why, I mean, just a simple statement that you mentioned that, well, I mean, how are we to know that God talked to you? How are we to know that he didn't talk to you and you rebelled? Writer. Because you have to answer those arguments. And I make them answer arguments and criticisms and heresies and use and to use their intelligence and to do it to the point we do drill. Okay, so how are we gonna do this? How is this gonna happen? Right. You're up to the podium next. Okay, you're next. And don't I do it? And they cut you off. No, that's not known. And if your feelings get hurt a lot, I'm probably not gonna be the one because nothing is more humiliating in life than learning. Woo. Baby, learning Andy. will make you humiliate. Are they following us? How are they doing out there, Norman? They are. Are you all following me? Are you are you getting this? See, this is the me that people told you didn't exist. So you already heard about how hard I was and how rigid and how legalistic and how this and that. But you know what? It's not to the fruit. Breaking ground to plant a seed is hard work. Growing it into a tree is harder. But fruit time, harvest time is the reward. And you all can have that reward. But don't you think that uh, that has a lot to do with, you know, how you train or how you feel like ministers should be trained has a lot to do with what your goals or what you think the outcomes should be. I mean, I'm thinking about what you just said about writing. I think that a lot of people don't uh, go into this level of, of depth because they're not necessarily trying to produce a product as much as they're trying to produce an effect. Because a testimony affects you. Sharing yeah. affects you. It, yeah. it, 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 it's the effective domain, as you would say. Hits your heart, hits your emotions. But you're trying to produce a product, and products stay around longer than effects. You know, you can uh, spray this room with a, a cologne spray, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and it will have an effect. It will smell for a while, but then after a while, it dissipates. Mm-hmm. Effects tend to dissipate, whereas mm-hmm. products tend to remain. Well, we still had a bottle. Yes, we right. just spread it again. Exactly. But I well, think exactly. <laughs> we just spread it about that. You know, we can repeat it. Um, you know, that's a good question, a good statement. One of the things that I, I would like to say, and again, we all, you know, we all see it from different angles, but I think that more than an effect, I think an effect is that immediate thing, but that, but it's an effect that, that gives us a, a reward on what's, just what's passing away. Jesus talked about that. He, he always talked about what was passing yeah. away. A fragrance, an effect passes away. Yeah. But the word of our God remains forever. And I think that because we are looking to, to, to touch people's hearts and, and, and then move them into whatever other actions or responses we have in mind, we're always going effect harvest, effect harvest, effect harvest, and, that, and, and not product. See, so you want the harvest off of people's feelings. Right. I want Jesus to have the product that he can build an institution with. See, because the facts are going to give you a harvest off people's feelings. That's what the enemy wants. He's trained the church that way. Yeah. I got a feeling. I mean, I just feel, I just, I can just talk, and that's good. But, what, but, but, but a quality effect will not stop working, and it will not dissipate. It will inseminate. Quality effects inseminate. So, Instead of having the fragrance of the thing, the aroma of the thing, the passing vision of the thing, be healed in Jesus' name. Instead of having all of that, you need 
to look for an end product that can be replicated because only the people in that environment at the time get the benefit of you. When, when they leave you, it's gone, fragrance, sight. And when you leave them, you take it with you. You don't leave them with anything to build on, only something to recall and remember. So you go to church and you go and you have a great time. You probably have a great pastor. They have great praise and worship. All of that's marvelous. Isn't that marvelous? But you leave with an experience, no expertise, no proficiency, nothing that you can take with you. Well, I got the, I, I bought the tape, and what are you going to do with the tape or the audio? Well, I go online and listen to it again and again and again. That's because you have been programmed to be satisfied with experiences right? and not motivated for reproduction. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Wow. See, we've got to alter. These are the kinds of orientations that we have for our people. We have to alter that. Over and over and over again, we've got to keep altering it so that when it comes time for me, I would say to them, don't just sit there looking at me. What are you going to do with this? Tell me what are you going to do with this? How is it going to fit? What is it going to do? All of you, are, not a, some of you all have been asking God, I don't know how to do it. And then you can't just say, well, okay, I asked them what they were going to do, but they told me, and so everything's okay. How do you know that what they told you is right or wrong, good or bad, no problem? You know, people so barren seeds all the time. Barren seeds all the time. Ask the fertility, fertility clinic. They are, did they deal with barren seeds? So. <laughs> did you want to jump in on this? I'm not one. We're like, uh, that's uh, a prospering. In, in other words, a prospering. <laughs> Back to you. Oh, my goodness. Don't say it. What's good for you? Bump me up. We just blow all kinds of, one, you know, classes, sessions, shows, what are we in? Like today, (laughs) really show you how much error is still in us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All this revelation that we have, even those kind of statements are like, that's why shifting paradigms is not locked down to one message. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want. We want one book to shift the paradigm. We want one whatever. But when you're talking about layers and layers and layers and years of belief systems mm-hmm. that you don't even realize you still are just hosting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and incubating. Until you hear a statement like that, it's like, Baron C. Well, you could, okay. You're the right person because you just went through the whole process. Um, yes. The early beginning stages, you all fought like crazy to defend. And let me tell you something. At the end, I'll tell you, I texted and posted on it. I ain't dying 10,000 deaths. Or <laughs> to this book, I promise you. Just line after line, paragraph <laughs> after paragraph. You don't realize how much of you is still alive mm-hmm. until you go through. And, and understanding the death process is not quick. Mm-hmm. Like you think I was devastated when I heard this is what God called me. I mean, some people get excited. Some people get devastated. It just depends mm-hmm. on your experience. 
and then you find out the cost. And so you think at that point, because you move forward, mm -hmm. that you have died to yourself. Mm -hmm. I know. And it's not until, which is why I love that this is academic, because mm -hmm. you sit down and you have to read and take notes and cry by yourself mm -hmm. and process and then be ashamed that you still thought that way and then come back. And every single turn of the page is like, oh, Lord, oh, <laughs> Lord. And when you want to do the job, it's really exciting because at every point, like Chief was saying earlier, you know why you were going to succeed. Mm -hmm. And you also know why you would have failed or why other people failed. Because mm -hmm. we do like to just kind of criminalize a lot of people and not realize no education, mm -hmm. no training, mm -hmm. get the student mm -hmm. from it. It's all guesswork mm -hmm. for the most part on a lot of where I'm doing what my, like you said earlier about the whole parenting thing, that it was um, a shadowing program, mm -hmm. not really training, mm -hmm. but shadowing. And which is what we see in the post-assessment advisements. Mm -hmm. uh, people yeah. talking yeah. about, well, I mean, when I ask the question, so have you ever been formally trained as a prophet or whatever? Oh, well, formally? Well, no, mm -hmm. well, no, no, no. Well, not that. I mean, I sat under mm -hmm. this person. Shuttle. And so we sit under people mm -hmm. to inherent positions yeah. to mm -hmm. do whatever, not to actually matriculate through a training program. Mm -hmm. And so when we had to, I mean, these boss us writing this portfolio practice book. <laughs> It was like radio silence on the other side. Mm. Everybody, you could tell they went underground because yeah. having to take what you learn, synthesize it into her programs yeah. are all, what does this look like in action? What does this look like peopleized? Mm -hmm. Put into people, yeah. actionized. Yeah. What, and we as saints, going back to what we were talking about, it is about feeling. It's the experience. Mm -hmm. It's the essence in the room. It's being able to walk away from a, a, a service saying everybody was just laid out all over the floor. And, oh, my God, the Lord moved and worship was off the hook. It was off the chain. And, and, and I mean, your message is at the summit. Like, we can talk about the commissioning, but your message is yeah, at the summit. Late, the room was conflicted because when you hear those kind of messages, you want to go up and smoke and you want to be quiet at the same time. <laughs> oh, yeah. What just happened? You were hitting those cultural issues. Ooh. I mean, I love it. The mantleship of apostleship and the prophet. Yeah. Being able to go deep spiritually and pull that thing right back into mm -hmm. how it's playing out in the flesh. Exactly. Yeah. And why your life is busted up because you had to marry the wrong person because whatever, tied to this whole eternal truth mm -hmm. over here. Really? And these pastors who have caused these people to marry the wrong people, yeah. you're going to pay dearly for that because you perverted God's seed. See, you don't have a right to decide who they should marry. You don't have a right because unless you get an outright word from God, you don't have a right. And you're sitting there matchmaking up in the pulpit and matchmaking with your church because you don't have to worry about the genealogy of the future generation. But God has to. He has to work with that. Mismated seeds, mismated marriages, uh, ill-timed marriages, people that you are authorized to disobey God so that they can be married. I'm telling you, the Lord said, I'm coming down on that. Uh, well, how many people do and you know? And all of y'all who going to sit there and have cubit up in your church on Valentine's Day, y'all need to rethink that because this is not that season. Oh, we can you were going to say how many people? Oh, how many people do we know that we know emphatically married the wrong person? Can't have kids. Several, several, several. Can't get pregnant or can't keep a pregnancy. No, no. And you know why? Because God has to guard Jesus. I'm going to keep on. God, say it. 
See, it's the what's gone piece that nobody wants to talk about. It's what, what do you do with the immortal soul? Because the body is designed to go to the dust. But its judgments are in the soul. So if the judgments are in the soul, the effects are in the soul. Its resources are in the soul. And the soul is the earth part. So what do we do about the spirit part? For there is a spirit in man. And the breath of the Almighty. So the spirit in man literally is running off the Almighty's breath. And the Almighty is how God breathes an understanding and illumination in the spirit that in turn, well, amen, pass it on to the soul. And you know you believe in the soul because you say there's a difference between the mind and the brain. Isn't that what they call us? Yes. There's a difference between the mind and the brain. So if there's a difference, then why is it that you think you can mess with the DNA of the body and ignore the mind and the brain? Well, they're doing anyway. Yeah. You know, oh, the yeah. part that they want the general public to buy into mm-hmm. so they can get on board with all this experimentation. But isn't it funny? Yesterday, the China said they produced some sort of, um, I guess, some DNA babies or something like that. Uh, genetically edited. Genetically uh, edited babies. Mm-hmm. Were, of course, you know, they're wanting to do some investigation in it, you know, just in terms of like if we're dealing with the human rights issue and all this kind of crazy stuff. Um, because they don't know what the results are going to be. But China don't care. They don't But they need to be policed. You know, so we'll but you know, but they don't. They don't care. Plus, I mean, they probably have done uh, probably violated a million human rights just to get to edit. Oh, I'm sure it's getting up to. Well, they're the only country that will do it. Because, the government will allow it because, because all the other countries have decided. That what she said is too new. It's too mm-hmm. Well, but they don't care about their people. Any country that, that, that will do this and don't care about, you can't care about your people. You care about your citizens, but you can't care about your people because you don't care what you're going to unleash on your people. That's right. Wow. And you don't care all of these other things. So where's the parentage? So how do you right. trace it? If we're going to be altering DNA, that's going to knock out the police department. That's going to knock out forensic stuff because we're, we're altering DNA. Right. So we're going to really knock out a lot of things that we have grown to rely on. There's a lot of benefit in DNA research. I'm with it 100% as far as that goes. But we are, you need to understand, and I think that these questions are real, but you don't care what you want. You don't know what that. Or you're excited about the DNA babies. You are not acting as if they're going to be adults. You're not acting as if they're going to they're going to mutilate your people or when they reproduce what they're going to reproduce. See, there's a whole lot of issues in there that deserve discussion. Because see, other nations are like, well, I don't know if I want 20 million edited DNAs running around. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know what that's going to produce. And I don't want to wait 20 years. We already got normal DNAs with kids are killing dogs, cats, birds, people, yeah. and whatnot. That's the normal DNA. And so you don't know. The, <laughs> you don't know what that edited strand is going to do. Just because it's locking with something doesn't mean it's locking with the right thing. Yeah. I just think that's a good conversation. Uh, System that God set up is very intelligent. He won't be outsmarted. No. So you try and do a little hookup over here, and this thing's going to blow up over here. Well, I watched the the, uh, the CRISPR documentary. 
Because, you know, I, I found out about the CRISPRs, and they talked about, well, yeah, we did deliver them from cancer, but diabetes stepped up. Because there's a pecking yes. order, right? Yes. And I'm using that. I don't remember yes. if it's exactly those two. But one, when they when they took away the DNA poss- um, print uh, of the one disease, another one jumped up. Well, because the death codes are oh, fully authorized yeah. by God. Mm-hmm. And no matter what they do, like you said, well, one doubt, well, hey, do we have to there are limitless options to destroy the human body. I mean, with what we have going on. Exactly. And I mean, the, in addition to the fact that we're not dealing with the pure human body, they do this because they don't believe in the law of sin and death. They believe in death, but they don't believe in sin. Mm. So, do you think I should? Yeah. And I think I should have my three topics on it. I, I, I think that's good. Yeah, I think I we're working out. What do you all think? Let us know. Right. But, um, but think about the <laughs> fact that, that that mortality is is bred into it, and disease is to facilitate mortality, which is to enforce and execute God's law of death and doom on humanity. That comes from the dirt. It doesn't just come from people's behavior. It doesn't just come from the bloodline. It starts in the dirt, the soil. Cursed is the ground for your sake. So you are learning how to clone the DNA of cursed folk. Ah! That's a theological point of view. And, you know, and most of them will say, well, I don't happen to believe that. I don't care about what you believe. It's a fact. <laughs> you know, I mean, cause, I mean, they get all of this, all this face time talking about what they believe. Yeah. And, and, well, I just don't believe. Well, I know. No, let's go to the root. See, we always start at the fruit. The fruit, you can you can do a lot with the fruit. Slice it, make salads, suck yeah. it, drink the fruit, make juice out of it. You know, you can do a lot with fruit. But baby, there's not a whole lot you can do with root. And if you do, you still are etching it from the same ground that's cursed. People die because they're born of the earth. Gravity happens because you're born of the earth. We need to stop acting as if this is some sort of uh, uh, abstract cosmic anomaly that we, we just, well, we don't care. But I'm, are you kidding me? We die because we're born of the earth. You know, my greatest joke is the vegetarian from the cursed earth. Yeah, got that. <laughs> well, I, we have only a few minutes I know left on the show. Uh, yes, we need to do that. And I was I wanted to see if we can also have you talk to people about how they can become an AIT. Can you become an AIT? Yeah, with the program. On there, yeah, that. so how do we how do we do it? Well, we have uh, a few we're working on, which is what we started talking about at the beginning of the broadcast, yes. a residency program in Tulsa is what we are launching in 2019. And that's for people who live in the area, want to move to the area, to have an accelerated program. As of now, it really is a 24-month program unless you need more time if you're doing the distance learning. But residency will be uh, 12 to maybe 15 months to accelerate the process, not eliminate the education, Mm -hmm. but to condense it, going to class every day, doing that sort of thing. And so right now, we induct in November, Mm -hmm. and we just inducted our class. But if you are interested, I do want you to reach out. Go to Dr. Price's website. Maybe we'll start like that. To drpaulaaprice.com and connect with us. Say, I want to know more information about the AIT, Apostles in Training, program. What what must I do to be saved? What do I have to do? We also, <laughs> um, but before you had also talked about Dr. Price, uh, we commissioned apostles for near, but there will be apostles who 
will just come through the program. Who just want the training. Who just want the training as well. And we want to know if you want to be a near commission apostle or if you want the commission training to take back to your organization, your region, your nation, and just stay in your affiliation like that as well. It's not going to change much, about, but it will change your certificate. Well, you won't be a part of the. We're not requiring you to be a part of the near collaborative since this is under the auspices of Price University. Right. So if you decide I want to come and I want to get, you might say I just want to get this piece of it. Yeah. If you qualify, because you know we don't just take you because you have an idea. <laughs> but if you qualify, you can say I want to do a three month residency, six months, nine months. But if you come, if you're coming under the near collaborative, minimum twelve months. And. Some of you all can do it. We had an apostle who did it in 12 months. Brilliant man, very highly educated. And, and that's important to say that he came with a high-level education. He's an attorney. Yeah, he's, he came yeah. with a high-level education, ministerially high-level education, and professionally. Yes, he did. And so if, if you have not been in school for a long time, if you these things Matter. greatly affect how yeah. you can handle <laughs> and the shock you go into, in this academic program, if you have not been in college, if you never went to college, if it's been 20 or 30 years since you've been in school or any kind of heavy academic environment, then you will definitely probably go that 20, uh, 24 months because of even just the adjustment mm -hmm. of being back in academia. We have homework, reports, research. It is school. And they can, uh, mm -hmm. you can, they can also start through the Price University Yes. Door because you'll be directed there anyhow at PriceUniversity.org. When you're filling out the application, you can actually select the AIT program in the application, and that lets us know what your interest is so that we can reach out to you and begin to tell you the next step. So you can actually start right at the door at that Price University application um, so that we can get you into the, the system, and you, you'll indicate on your application that what you're interested in is the AIT. Well, the benefits of doing that now, if you have not come through, is when you take your assessment, it will let you know if you need foundational studies mm -hmm. so that you can spend this, the year 2019 leading up to induction, right. getting your foundational studies under your belt so you can also be prepared mm -hmm. to be commissioned in the fall. And it's, and it's the same thing for you, uh, 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 the profits as well. Yes. Um, it's the same procedure mm -hmm. if you're called uh, to do it. We, uh, uh, we require that you hit those foundationals unless the assessment indicates otherwise um, because it's important. You, you recognize just by the conversation today that there's a, a, a shift in consciousness yeah. that has to happen yeah. in doing this. So we recommend that you start with Price University. Uh, uh, Dr. Price is working on us being able to put together a full package for the residency program mm -hmm. that will include uh, room and board and uh, uh, food and all of that so that you come up with your tuition fees that when you, uh, if you want to do the residency program in Tulsa, you can come in and focus in on your residency mm -hmm. and not have to be, you know, doing a thousand things, got to worry about, oh, I, you know, how I'm going to have a place to stay and et cetera. Um, so definitely we are preparing for that. If, if you're interested, if that is me, we do want you to uh, uh, message us either through the website. Um, uh, would that be the best way to, for them to do that, either through the website or you can email us? But we want to know that you're interested in residency yeah. um, and not just online. You can do the credentialing online. It does have modular requirements in which you would come in for a shorter period of time, okay, to fulfill your modular requirements. Um, however, if you're wanting to say, I, I do want to expedite my yeah. program so that I'm looking at November, hey, I can get into this thing, or we uh, go ahead and induct in June for the profits program. I'm looking at June coming up, and I'm thinking, hey, I think that's me. You want to do that, then definitely let us know by email, by mm -hmm. message, so that we can 
begin to prepare for you guys who want to do the residency okay. or even, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have people who are actually relocating. Just yeah, we do have relocs, don't we? Yes. yes. But let me just wrap this up for you in a way that, that helps you make the decision. You've heard us. You've heard the fruit. These are people I've trained. Um, we have more. You, you haven't heard from our apostles, but probably in June you'll get an opportunity to sit down and talk with them about their experience as well as with the prophets because we are, you know, they are team. You can't take one and anyway. But we are, there is a neurological thing. There's something called, which I like the term, even though I don't like how it was founded, called neurotheology, whereas understanding, you have the consciousness shift you're talking about, how will the consciousness affect your neurological context and thinking about God, Christ, apostleship, etc. So we have that. We have biblical scholarship. It's very important. The entire program is based on God's word, as my assessments are. So we're not bringing in, you know, all of that other stuff. If you're talking about the purity, you're going to get it here. We're not bringing in so-and-so, this and that. We do have other materials, but we use them for comparative purposes. Uh, <clears throat> that which is great is great. That's what's affirmed is affirmed. So I want you to think about that. And then we have the psycho-emotional piece. That part that she talked about, when you get hot, don't mess with my doctrine. Don't mess with my doctrine, my doctrine, and my, don't mess with that. And then some of you all, is not doctrine, it's devils. Don't mess with my devils. I've had them a long time. I've got so for them. And so... <laughs> This year, so we want to have that. And then there is that whole instinctual piece because there is a place where expertise kicks in. Expertise means instinct takes over and it fuses with your intelligence and it performs. So there is that instinctual piece where you recognize strategy. You understand, even though it's all nice and, and healthy. Can you imagine a uh, hundred years ago when we thought Chris Kringle was a nice little something for the kids, he's now become Christmas personified. He's now become oh, yeah. Santa Claus and there is no Jesus. Father See, because Father Christmas. Now he wasn't he didn't do anything about Christmas. Father Christmas is the Lord God all host. But you know what? You never trained your Christians to know about it. So if you want to know about that, dealing with those kinds of things. So that's that that instinctual piece. I think that's the highest piece of everything that we have to offer. So this is more than just credentialing. Credentialing affirms, confirms, verifies uh, that you've been vetted and properly educated for what you're called to do. So I wanted you to get that idea so that you recognize this is kind of, this is not about your devotional stuff. We don't even really care about that. We you know, other than the fact that you need to keep a journal so we know that you and Jesus are talking and kind of get a picture of what y'all are saying. Uh hallelujah, we do need yeah. to know. Woo, we need the yeah. journal. So I want you to think about that. In addition, the uh <clears throat> residence program, you're here all day. And you have a team. You bring you like she said. You forge that bond of 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 a collaboration. Prophet and apostle, prophet and their group, and apostles and others. So we you need that. We found they found that the bond is what really catapulted everybody. And they didn't let anybody fail. Nobody was left out. Nobody was allowed to quit. They were there for each other. You need that. Mm-hmm. So we want to do it. Lastly, I want to tell you we found this the most wonderful. Dorm facilities, absolutely wonderful. They're new, they're, you know, two, two or whatever. You will love it. So you're going to be in a great environment. You don't have to worry about doing anything but learn. And I said last, but I have to say this. I'm going to tell you right now, I got a few minutes. I'm going to use them. Let me say this to you. 
don't let the devil lie to you and say you can't afford it. If you can't raise money for education, then your ministry will never be financed. Because these apostles found out that they raised money. When I say raise money, the people were willing to help them. They raised seeds. They did a whole lot of things. So if that's what, if you need to raise money, then treat it as a missions trip. I'm going on a missions to wherever. Your missions right now is going to be Tulsa, Oklahoma, Rice University, residence program. So don't let the enemy talk you out of your destiny and out of your ability, your capacity. The office, the, the whole thing of apostleship has in it. Revenue. The first thing that we see the apostles built on other than people was revenue. People realized they ought to continue. And we've been talking about come lay at the apostles' feet and all of that, and then you don't know what to get with it. But this one here, get your commission tuition because you can raise your commission tuition. You can raise your educational tuition. We raise money all the time. Yes. So you need to do that. Now, if you're going to go on a campaign with that, we ask that you inform us because I'm going to tell you something. I do not want people calling me after you got the money and then paid your rent at home saying that I'm the reason that they that they got ripped off. So we're not going to honor. If you're going to do a fundraiser, I need to know. And you need to have them submit those funds here for your tuition account and not in your pocket and not in the check for you. Now, that is a recommendation. I stringently urge that you do that because some of you all need to know that if you don't do that, when you start doing something to get into purpose and destiny, hell shows up with all kinds of things and will eat your money away. You've got to be a real apostle even in your fundraising, and you've got to say no matter what hell says, I'm going to be there. Um, I don't care how it's going to go. You know good and well if you come here, if you raise the funds and you're going to be here a year or so, you already have quarters. So if your rent goes a little sideways, you have here. Yeah, you're right here. And so I would suggest, I'm urging, that you all do not raise money and let it come to you. You may raise your money, set a talk with our missions officer, and find out how that money comes through in your name your tuition because see we can't put you in housing if there's no money these people do not want the love of jesus in no. so we will so and they're, and they're not there's not a lot of um what are we talking about units yeah it's going to be first come first serve because they're not a lot of units so the one who's paid up first has it the one who's pay, everyone who's paid up first you get it and that's all we can say. Now, in these things, now, if you don't, if you feel like, I, I don't care where I live, we have lower economy packages. Mm-hmm. We have economy package where you just, you know, I just want a bed to sleep in or whatever. You know, some of y'all might be military or whatever. Y'all used to that. Um, you know, I'm the elegant girl. I, I don't like it when they don't put me in elegant surroundings. That's just me. Is that true? It is absolutely I lose true. My, I do. I lose my thing. You know, but I, I tolerated it. Because I, I, you know, wanted people to make it, but I don't like it. So I like the ones that I just chose yesterday. But if you have, if you have no preference or you just want to go for a few hundred dollars a month on your housing and then whatever the tuition is for the program, because we have teachers that we got to pay. These are going to be full-time teachers. So you need to think about if you don't want to, if you can't do both, like I can't do this housing fee, but I can do my tuition then we're going to put you in a more economy type arrangement. And it's not that. It's just, no, we'll point you in a good direction. But it's not like that. Is, it, is that what it is? Yeah, we'll point we're, you in a good direction. Well, an economic direction. Yeah. And that's what I want to say to you. So we have three tiers. 
which we are discussing even now, I would suggest you take her advice and say, you know what, let me get all of my prelims out of the way so that you will be assured of being inducted in November and a year later possibly being commissioned. So I wanted to say that. Is there anything else I need to say? Yes. Yes. Now it is time to give them, give you a few ways that you guys can give. Um, if you are doing Cash App, then Dr. Price's uh, tag there is, of course, Dr. Paula Price with that dollar sign. PayPal.me slash Dr. Paula Price. You can also give online at drpaulaprice.com and then text to give 918-608-1378. So again, the text to give is 918-608-1378 or cash app the, the dollar sign Dr. Paula Price, no spaces, or paypal.me slash Dr. Paula Price. You know this blessed you today. You know that you were glad that you stayed on for the last minute. Now take that moment to sow that seed. You're going to go back to those notes, and you're going to benefit from this time in and time again. So take a moment. This is one of the most important parts of the show, most important parts of the broadcast. Take a moment to give back to sow that. You know that this ground is good, and you know that it's going to give back to you. So, again, paypal.me slash Dr. Paula Price or the cash app with the dollar sign Dr. Paula Price. Text to give 918-608-1378, or you can sew online at drpaulaaprice.com. Amen. Have a great time. Thank you for all of you who have been sewing. Bless you. I release Amen. harvest. I release harvest. I release answer prayer. I release blessings. See you Sunday at the Congregation of the Mighty, where God stands, 10 a.m. Well, we have 8.30 with Prophet Adia, Sunday School, 8 o'clock. You know, she got fun. 8 o'clock. Prophet uh, Adia Sunday School, 10 o'clock, me, Sunday service. Again, have a great time and sow your seed. God bless you.